to Market Savvy Conversations. My name is Megan Walker and today our very special guest is Dr. Peter Wright, who's a gynecologist, paediatric and adolescent gynecologist and fertility specialist and the director of the newly started Vera's Women's Wellness. Hi Peter, how are you? Hi Megan, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Today we're going to be talking about whole person wellness, which I know that you're incredibly passionate about. But just start us off, Peter, give us the background. Where did you do your studies, your training? What's been your journey to date? So my early journey was fairly conventional. I went to medical school straight out of um, high school at 17, graduated from Monash University in Melbourne at the ripe old age of 23 and was an intern Um, and then Decided to do gynecology and obstetrics uh, a couple of years out. I did a little bit of a stint in the Northern Territory and did some Indigenous health in between. Um, Did the majority of my training in obstetrics and gynecology in Melbourne before moving to Darwin in uh, fourth year of my training, I think. And I did a a really amazing job that was like a fly-in, fly-out outreach job, flying around all of the top end, all islands, to what air in the west and Borolula in the east and down to Catherine, um, which was incredible, an incredible experience actually. And then to Brisbane after that to finish off my training. And I did some, um, a fellowship year in adolescent and pediatric gynecology at the Royal. And then I've been in private practice, plus I've had a, um, an adolescent or young women's clinic at the, uh, um, publicly ever since and then now I've just been in uh, private probably for the last year and I do fertility and gynecology gave up obstetrics when my little boy was born because my husband's an obstetrician and it would be crazy to have two of us having to get up in the middle of the night to do deliveries one obstetrician in the family is absolutely enough and I also found that my passion actually was in hearing women's stories and you know um, really really dealing with many of the issues that seemed not in the too hard basket that perhaps were not um, women weren't validated or listened to as much um, with Um, and so yeah so I do gynecology and fertility now and I'm just within one or two weeks about to embark on opening my own um, holistic women's health clinic called Vera Women's Wellness which is a bit different it's out, out in the country about 35 minutes outside of Brisbane um, set in the hills in the Sanford Valley so really incorporating that natural world and um, just cr- creating a little bit of a haven for women um, to come to and my hands are completely um, I've been gardening all weekend I've been planting about a hundred plants in this beautiful garden for women wow. to come and sit um, and with every plant, I'm thinking I'm creating this beautiful place because I don't think there are enough beautiful places of refuge for women. And yeah. so I'm hoping that Vera will be that for women. So that's my story in a nutshell. That's amazing. I want to ask you more about Vera and what you'll offer and what will happen there soon. But just tell me, going back a little bit, you talked about issues that possibly some might be putting in the too hard basket would you mind expanding on that a little bit what do you think some of those women's wellness issues are so the more and more I did private practice um, the more I realized that gynecological issues aren't 
just in a silo. It's not like women come in with a gynecological issue that is disconnected from the rest of their physical health, the rest of their emotional health or what's going on in their lives at large. And I found that when I took the time to, when I started to understand that, my appointments would always run over because I would realize that everything was connected and, um, you know, period problems, hormonal issues, all of that is connected to, you know, underlying health. And that's very, very clear. Um, and, you know, so much research and, and science to demonstrate that. And then, you know, I see a lot of women with chronic pain. So chronic conditions like endometriosis, pain, um, hormonal issues like premenstrual dysphoric disorder, um, other hormonal issues like polycystic ovarian syndrome, perimenopause and many menopause and all of those things obviously have biological underpinnings, but there's that psychosocial aspect that also play into it. And women are complex creatures. And I think the way that we, I, you know, you learn conventional gynecology, it's someone presents with a symptom, you treat the symptom, and that might be with medication to like, you know, as an example, a period problem, shut down the symptom by shutting off the menstrual cycle with, for example, the oral contraceptive pill. Someone has pain, you do a surgery, you remove endometriosis. Unfortunately, I wish those things worked and sometimes they do, but in the vast majority of cases, it's just not that simple. And the current paradigm that women's healthcare is, you know, symptom band-aid approach, that's the end of the story, just doesn't work. And the more and more and more women that I saw and realized that no, it's a it's a whole person picture and I need to take the time to understand this woman's story. Um, I couldn't go back to doing it the other way. I just I just couldn't. And so I did some further training in um uh, integrative medicine, I guess, for women. Um, and yeah, now I, now if someone comes to see me, they might wonder why I'm there. I'm asking them about their diet or one of the questions I always ask women is what makes your soul sing and are you doing it? Um, you know, things like that, that take, that are just, uh, capture the whole woman's story. And I think that that's, um, that's the kind of medicine that works. It takes a long time and our health system is not set up to support practitioners to do that um, on every level with GPs, with specialists. Um, you know, even with me setting up this new clinic now, I've, because I believe so strongly in giving women the time to tell their story and then to explore each aspect of their story and component of their health, um, I'm seeing patients for longer, so one and a half hours for a new appointment, which is how long it often takes for complex things. Um, but the Medicare system is so broken that it just, you know, um, for a gynecological visit, basically the Medicare rebate for a patient is the same as what you would get if you were seeing a surgeon for a surgical problem. So it's like Medicare or the health system has oversimplified women's problems to be either a quick surgical fix or a quick medical fix. And it, we are humans, we're complex. It doesn't work like that. And then I think as a health professional, when you realise that there's this other way, that it's a better way, but it is more time consuming, yeah. um, you, you don't get, you don't get um, the patient doesn't get remunerated for that. The clinician doesn't get remunerated for a longer visit often, especially specialists. 
you know, it can be really difficult, but I still think it's just the only way. So that's why I've created this new clinic and a new way to do things. So amazing. And in addition to the system being the way the system is and treating symptoms, is there also, it seems every single woman I speak to, I mean, I can walk from here to the end of the street and run into three neighbours and all of them have got hormone problems. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, got to go talk to Peter Rose. <laughs> and why is it just that my radar is aware or have we got so many more people or tell me about this epidemic that it seems to be around women's health issues as well okay this is a big topic um (laughs) i think it goes from okay so back to this isn't even really medical but i think that women are have been conditioned to be to almost think like our bodies are not, uh, when we go through puberty, that's not really celebrated. When we get our first period, that's not celebrated as something incredible that's happening in our bodies. There's this sort of inherited kind of shame, even if it's not explicit, that I think has been um, just, we carry sort of in our DNA as women. And then from the first period, if women have painful periods or irregular periods or whatever, the education and the understanding of what's happening in their bodies because the fix is here's the pill rather than okay this is what's happening in your body this is what's happening as your um your reproductive system is developing here are the ways we can support it here are the things you can do in terms of diet and rest and movement and you know let's celebrate the fact that your body is doing these amazing things it's all this is going to be terrible right from the get-go and your body's broken right from the get-go and I think women internalize that that's part of the problem and of course if you then go to a healthcare provider and you say with your 12 year old daughter she's got heavy or painful periods and the doctor says well the solution is to turn off your whole reproductive system with the pill which yes in some cases is maybe appropriate and maybe a great idea for that person but without any understanding of okay how you know of explanation of what's actually happening in that woman's body how they might be able to modify things and treat the root cause as opposed to just turn everything off because if the solution is turn off your reproductive system then the message to that young woman is well inherently there must be something wrong with me like my female body is inherently wrong that I must have something to completely turn it off you know I think that's part of it. And then we carry that through our lives. I think that our hormonal cycles are so misunderstood, like the number of times I've sat in front of a woman to talk about what's actually happening with her hormones through the month and they don't know because no no one's told them, you know. They might have got the basic, um, you know, everyone generally gets the basic education about this is you get a period and then your period's there and then it's a month later it comes again and then Mm. some understanding that ovulation happens in the middle there but there's not really any basic understanding of the fact that throughout the month our hormones are rising and falling and not only you know which hormones are rising and falling how those hormones affect our mood our emotions our energy levels the way we connect and relate to other people in our lives how we relate to ourselves 
and down to the level of our metabolism, our muscle recovery, our immune system. Like there's such intricacy in the way our hormones rise, fall, fluctuate and how that affects our underlying you know, physiology that we're not aware of. So of course, if you've got a woman that feel expect, is expected because in society we expect women to operate on the same level you know every For single sure. day of the month exactly like a man because a man's cycles are testosterone rises in the morning and very conveniently for men falls in the evening when they get to go to sleep and then wake up in the morning and have high testosterone <laughs> very convenient if you're a man but if you're a woman you don't have that so your hormones will fluctuate um on a you know 28 30 35 day cycle and if you're conditioned to think you have to be at this operational like superwoman um, doing everything for everybody, productive, high energy, happy all the time. And all of a sudden you're three days before your period and you don't feel like doing everything for everybody or running a marathon and all you kind of want to do is go inward and take some time. And, you know, then you think, and you don't understand what's happening in your body. You think I'm a failure. Again, this is another example of how my body is broken, Right. And you don't understand then the nuances of how other things in your body like stress and inflammation can then, you know, be superimposed on top of your hormonal fluctuations and, and modify things even further. And so you're completely disempowered. You think you're a failure because the whole society is not set up for women who have a, it's called an ultradian rhythm, which is a rhythm, a hormonal rhythm that is not 24 hours. Um, it's not set up for that. And so, and when I talk to my patients about this or women about this, they say, oh, well, that's very well and good that, you know, well, in a perfect world, maybe you could um, alter what you do to your cycle, but, you know, we can't because it's the world. And I'm like, but this is my dream, right? Women are 50% of the population. Well, why can't we alter it? Why can't we say... <laughs> actually this is our hormonal cycle and it's different to men and then if we start using language if we start saying to other women hey what day are you on and mm. what do you need today as opposed to expecting them to operate on this same level all the time then I think the world would be a much better place less women would suffer from the distress that they might have with mood symptoms and painful periods if they were actually allowed to live in alignment with their cycles and hormones rather than you know kind of against it all the time so there many of the reasons why I think that women's health is in the um, position it's in also the link between you know modern living and our hormonal cycles because as I said before our hormones are affected by our underlying health so if we're pushing 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 not sleeping really stressed out you know over-exercising, exposed to endocrine-disrupting chemicals, they're all going to affect our underlying hormonal cycles. Um, so having an understanding of that really, really helps. Sorry, yeah, I think I just rambled No, that's amazing. Ago. I was just thinking, you know, just even the, sim the simple act of it, where you can, looking at your diary and going, well, high-stress things could go in at this time of the month. Or, you know, yes. things around when, when am I most creative and or when yes. am I more reflective and even those little changes could be hugely empowering but it is incredibly empowering and you know I have women who do come and, so, and there's a spectrum obviously there are some women who need um, medication and hormonal treatments and there are other women who might come really feeling you know really down and really anxious in those days before their period and then when I explain to them all of this and then that they can have the power to modify things 
they can, I mean, I saw someone recently who came back three months later and just said, just understanding that, giving me the communication and the language to talk with her team at work and say, hey, I'm day 27, I just need a little bit of space or I'm going to come in at 10 o'clock, can come in a bit later, completely changed her symptoms without having to do anything else, you know. So I think... I think that the acknowledgement that our bodies are unique and different, but that doesn't make them less than is um, like, is incredibly empowering. And that's, you know, like that's half of the, that's the work that I'm really interested in doing now. It's about like, hopefully I'll be out of a job one day, you know, seeing <laughs> patients because I'm hoping that women can have all of this knowledge and be empowered and feel connected to themselves and that kind of inner wisdom that we've forgotten. Amazing. And I don't, I don't, I wanted to ask you about if you've had any pushback from the medical community, but after hearing your story and how valid it is, I almost don't care. Like, <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> and that's such a far better position to be. But let's touch on it just ever so slightly because yeah. I know people listening will say, oh, that takes huge courage. Talk, let's talk about the courage a bit more than the, uh, the holding back part. Talk about the courage to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to do what I believe is the whole picture, not just one component. Yeah, it did take courage because I did spend a lot of years trying to change it from the inside of the system, um, both in a, in a public hospital where I worked and also, you know, because I was seeing so many young women presenting with pain and complex issues and they needed to be you know needed a um, multidisciplinary care you know with physios and dietitians and psychologists and that was just you know it's very hard to change things in the public system um, and there's a perception that there's there's not the money but they'll fund an operation which is going to not really be that helpful um, so that was a bit like banging my head against a brick wall for a number of years and also I think when you realize that you're kind of it is a thing that I did I did feel a bit like so I, I gave up my public appointment because I felt like I just wasn't getting anywhere and I was feeling so frustrated and I felt really a bit like I'd failed but then I thought to myself well I know that there are other really great people who will do better at changing things from the inside and maybe my job or my role what I'm meant to do is to be in a more a freer place so that I can make the changes that, that that I'm a bit un that I'm unhindered and I can make some changes that I think will I'll be able to make faster. So I've made my peace with that. Um, I think that I just the courage to do it. It just became something that I didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense, I just didn't feel like I had any other choice. I knew that if I continued to practice medicine like I'd been taught, um, which is kind of, it's in a very patriarchal model really, I would, I just wouldn't, I would give up. I couldn't do it. Um, and so I just, I didn't have a choice but to do this really. And yeah, so here I am. So for, I don't know how it will go. It's a very different model, but I really feel like I've got to, I've got to try. And I think that, I think that it will be a really great space for women. And you know, I saw went and saw a GP practice the other day, um, some of the members of my team and I, and they, I could see these GPs were also going through this sort of awakening of yeah. uh, like this, seeing all of the connections between mind, body, spirit, life, 
that all impact a physical condition or a physical symptom. And they were seeing how addressing those things actually um, creates a much better outcome for the, for the patient. And they were just hungry for knowledge and changing things. And that really encouraged me as well. Yeah. Um, because I think that, I think the thing about the courage thing is that, I, I don't know, as women, we tend to do things differently to that sort of patriarchal model that we've been under. And I think it's all about connection and sharing knowledge and sharing, like not having power over a client or a patient, but having empowering the patient or the client and then empowering each other by sharing all of the knowledge that we have. And I think that women are in a really special place right now that we can kind of we can do that and I think that's what I'm very very excited about with my new practice making those community yeah and creating a community um so we don't have to do it the same way as we've always done it because I yeah. think that that's, hasn't worked so people listening are going to be dying to hear now about what's at Vera where will it be what will it um what will be there and then so as we start to wrap up let's talk about Vera and your movement, how that will transpire through the beautiful work at Vera. And then um, your advice for other clinicians and therapists listening who are feeling like they're being called to a similar movement. So I'm going to talk about that first. Tell us all about Vera. What's going to happen there? Okay. So Vera is a women's wellness clinic centre that is in the Sanford Valley, so about 35, 40 minutes from the centre of Brisbane. So it's on the north side. It's in the Sanford Valley. So on one side of the clinic is a beautiful mountain range, Mount Sampson. There's a gorgeous pine forest, protected hoop pine forest on one side. There's an enormous like 300-year-old fig tree that's just pure magic on the other side. Um, and it will have me, two other gynecologists. I like to say we're heart-centered practitioners and people have told me not to use that word because it's too woo-woo, but I don't no, care. I'm, I think that, that that's, <laughs> describes what we're trying to do. Yes. Um, two other beautiful women, Thea Bola and Alice Whitaker, who are amazing gynecologists as well. Um, and then two amazing physiotherapists, um, um, two dietitians, um, a, a health coach, an acupuncturist, and I feel like I'm just going to run out of rooms because I keep getting more and more people <laughs> who I think would be ideal for the team. Um, and in time, a workshop space, yoga space, and I'd love to be doing educational stuff for practitioners and also where we all share knowledge and also um, run workshops to help empower young women women going through all different things so pain workshops and hormonal mood stuff and menopause and perimenopause because that's an area that women are often confused about and feel unsupported with and it is a place that also it's away from the city because a I live out here and I love it two um it is one of the things I touched on a little bit is that that disconnect between understanding that we have a natural rhythm we are part of nature and that disconnect from nature so you know it's all go 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 we we're, our circadian rhythms and uh, are messed up because we're working until late watching tv late you know um we're stressed to the eyeballs this is 
providing women an opportunity for them to be able to say, I need to take half a day off. I have to prioritize myself or a full day, go crazy, take a full day off. (laughs) Um, And yeah, come for your medical appointment and then, you know, spend some time in the garden that I've been planting, Um, sit under the big fig tree, go for a walk. So you can see multiple practitioners at once um, and just take, some time for themselves because I think as well one of the themes that I see day in and day out in my practice with women is that women um, put everybody else first and themselves on the bottom of their list and we just don't need any more frazzled um, disconnected women like I just feel I, I think women are amazing and I just feel like if they were connected to their inner wisdom themselves then the connections and the impact they could have in the world would just be so much greater. So it's just not selfish to put yourself first. That's, you know, a big thing that I want to help women to understand as well. So that's Vera. It's beautiful. It'll be beautiful. So gorgeous. Just when you were talking then, I thought waking up in the morning, dog gets fed first, school lunches get done, breakfast gets yeah. done, like who eats last? <laughs> Mom is I know, exactly. <laughs> and probably standing up. Well, you're unpacking exactly. Um, Oh, now, so others who are thinking, "Wow, I would love to have a movement like this." What advice would you say to other people, other practitioners, and therapists who who feel like that they're they're called to a bigger purpose with their practitioner journey? I think. Just, I mean, look around and reach out to other people who are doing, who are um, doing the same thing, connect. I I mean, I would love to build up a community of like, you know, be involved in a community of like-minded practitioners. Um, I would love to see if we can make some change even, and this isn't completely not my forte, but hopefully if we're connected to each other and we all come together with all of our different skill sets and we understand that this whole person approach is what's needed for real change and real healing, then there'll be people here with with the skill sets to lobby the government, to change the way we um, fund healthcare, to make healthcare more about prevention, empowerment, education, rather than let's catch the person at the end, at the bottom of the cliff when, you know, they've got their chronic disease or, um, you know, re-traumatising people through healthcare. Like we have the real chance to make change if we all um, come together. So I think if you're feeling the pull to um, become more heart-centred, to take that broader approach, just look around, connect to other people and do it because I just think as well as from a point of view of a practitioner who who, who doesn't do it, they'll burn out. Yeah. They'll burn out and they will find themselves just unable to cope, I think, if they just continue on. I think that's what would have happened to me if I hadn't said um, I need to change the way I practice and recognise that. And I think the other thing is to recognise that the softer skills, if you're a woman and you're listening to this, the softer skills of listening and holding space and um, they're actually incredibly important skills. And for a very, very long time I used to think, oh, like, you know, thinking about someone who was a mentor of mine who say would be a really amazing surgeon and wasn't maybe particularly great with the other, the softer skills. Um, And I would really 
downplay those skills in myself and think, oh, well, that's, that's just, that's unimportant. Um, but it's not, and it's an incredible part of the healing journey for people. And I think if that's you, um, you should be, feel really proud of the, of the space that you hold for, for patients and, and, um, and humans, because that's like, I think that the benefit that that can have on, on people getting better and healing, it's immeasurable. It's hard to, to test and measure in a randomized control trial, but it's extremely valid and important and you shouldn't sell your skills short. Um, so I would just keep making connections and follow your heart. Beautiful. Peter, how can people find out more and what makes your soul sing? um what makes my soul sing is being out here um be having my hands in the dirt um gardening and spending time with yes spending time in nature makes my soul sing you know going for a walk or a run and seeing the ways that seasons change things and the you know different blossoms on the trees and that's what absolutely makes my soul sing being in nature and I think we need to do more of it that's healing in itself tree therapy and yes Vera. absolutely <laughs> yeah forest bathing i prescribed five minutes of forest bathing now please <laughs> definitely do that barefoot grass walking all of those yes. gorgeous things lying under and, a tree yep and what's your new web address vera um verawomenswellness.com.au and our instagram i think is vera women's wellness as well beautiful well as someone who you've had um an amazing complete change in my life thank you for the work that you've done for me for the insights that you've given to everyone on this recording and just the beautiful vision that you have and what you're doing with you with Vera so lovely to know you and thanks so much for your time today Peter thank you Megan thanks so much for having me see you soon <laughs> bye